But then at the end of the lunch, they brought out uh, espresso martinis that were no alcohol. Um, and it was, <laughs> Just you know, espresso. It was basically an iced coffee, like an iced black coffee. Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and proud sponsors of Brews News and this. And this is Brews News Week, our regular wrap-up of all that's made news in beer this week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum. Joining me to take a good hard look at the news, views and issues are the founder and editor of Australian Brews News, Matt Kierkegaard, and ace reporter and senior journalist, that's one person, but with two titles, Claire <laughs> Burnett. G'day, guys. <laughs> Morning, hey, Pete. And congratulations. The winner is Brisbane. Hey. <laughs> well, oh. in a one-horse race. Are you as excited as the rest of the world? <laughs> We've got loads of news alerts about it. But... It's, yeah. I mean, look, uh... Dust off that giant kangaroo. Was it Matilda? Oh, yeah, the, oh, the winking really? kangaroo. From, Why don't we bring all the big the things? Games. We could get the big pineapple down. We could get the big shrimp. Yeah. We could borrow it from Balina. Like, it'd be great. We, we, we could have the big COVID vaccination. <laughs> yes, that <laughs> would be hub. delightful. Hopefully it'll be the over by hub, then. Yes. Hopefully COVID will be a distant memory by 2032. 2032. <sighs> oh, it will be replaced by three other different variants. You know, we'll, be, we'll be up to the, 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 the what's it, Zeta. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, no, then we were going to Delta. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the good old days. <laughs> the good old days. Oh, God, don't remind me. <laughs> well, as Claire and I were uh, musing off off mic, that, you know, I think once you include things like video games, do you just is it just virtual Olympics? Do you just have it all as a video game and everyone just plays um, the old Sega Master System? <laughs> well, we, Cal- we might California have to. Games or something. That's it. Yeah. At least video games are COVID safe. We could all just watch from the living room. That's it. <laughs> it's all interactive everyone, and everyone can compete from their own living room. That's so it. everyone's in their own hub. It's all safe. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I'm know. just imagining us all in massive bubbles for us. Somebody will be accused of juicing their broadband network oh, or something like that. So, that you know, so re- reducing the uh, ping speed or <laughs> you know, the, the ping lag, whatever. So yeah, It's not fair. My, my screen's frozen. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's anything like uh, us trying to get a podcast together, which is why Pete sounds a little bit subpar. Um, anyway. Uh, Good times. How, 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 how are things down there, Pete? You, you, you well? Same old, same old. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we've done it before now, haven't we? It's all good. Yeah. We just keep keep yeah. on trucking. We'll get we'll we'll get good at it by the end of it. Lucky <laughs> <laughs> D five point It's you know it's the same as all the others, really. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? That's and that's the problem. There's nothing new or shiny about it. Luckily, plenty of Australian brewers um, are offering home delivery services and free yeah. delivery and you know uh, special deals on two slabs and things like that. That's so, community needs are back. Moondog are doing their pum in a box again. They're all just, they know how it's done now. They can execute it to perfection. So, yeah, there we go. I guess that's a small light at the end of the tunnel. We've made a mockery of the word pivot. (laughs) We don't even use it anymore, do we, Pete? We're like, no, "No, this is embarrassing. It's now just any other day. It's just, uh, (laughs) what are we doing this morning? We're doing this. Yeah, Yeah. exactly, exactly. That's it. We've got a bit of news to get through. So let's cross live to the Australian Brews News and Media Centre for a wrap of the stories making news in beer this week. And Claire, we begin with a story that I'm sure we did a couple of weeks ago where I said Brick Lane are about to double their capacity. But I see our story's been updated 
Brickline expansion project set to triple capacity. Indeed. So this is part of their, you remember the, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Manufacturing Modernization Fund. So Bricklane got a little, in comparison to what they've actually invested in it, a tiny little bump from the MMF. Uh, but basically, uh, they've ordered their tanks, their brew kit. They're getting a huge amount of like capacity going on. Um, so I had a chat with Paul, uh, Paul Balcom, managing director there. Lovely chap. And we were chatted all things um, new brewery effectively. So we were talking about the challenges of upscaling. Obviously, uh, staffing's a big issue uh, at a place that size. Um, contract brewing, if that's going to be still be a big focus for them. Um, and he, Paul was saying some really interesting things about how contract brewing allows uh, their brewers to sort of explore loads of different things that they might not necessarily get to do had it just been Brick Lane owned brands. We touched on, you know, the difficulties of um, employment and recruitment at the minute, especially with the talent pool being so local now. All sorts of stuff. And also, interestingly, um, they're getting their tanks from Furphy Engineering, which was really an interesting point as well. You know, we talk about buying local in terms of beer. How far can we do that in terms of our brew kits, in terms of our venues? Which is an interesting and great article, by the way. Like, it's a as I always say, when I'm sitting there reading, oh, wow, this is really interesting stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I know I won't. <laughs> when I'm just a reader as opposed to, uh, you know, it's great. But um, the, yeah, the, the point that he made about going local, it's it's, it's one of the things that, uh, you know, I sort of talk about a little bit on, on the podcast where, you know, brewers, you know, support local, you know, don't buy from overseas. And then you hear all these brewers launching into an export program. And, you know, again, you, you understand it. If there is demand for their beers, they're going to service it. But does that undermine your own message when it's a two-way street uh, and, and you're sending beers overseas? Does that mean that you legitimise your customers buying imports as well? And, you know, whether it's stainless steel, when we can make stainless steel here, you know, going to China, for example, mm-hmm. for cheaper stainless steel because, you know, sometimes you can buy cheaper beers from the big guys. You know, if it comes down to, well, it's price, it's what I can afford. That's the same decision tree that consumers make when it comes to well i can get the same beer from the big guys cheaper you know i can save ten dollars and um it's one of those interesting conversations that you don't no one really wants to talk about because it is a little bit uncomfortable but we recently had a um uh ran an ad for queensland macadamias and they had that same insight you know they were hoping to advertise their products you know so saying well you know, nuts and beer go very well and craft breweries who want to have bar snacks, maybe they might have Queensland macadamias um, rather than somebody else and mm-hmm. they were hoping to tap into that you know, same mindset. So, yeah, it's I, I, I thought that was a nice little angle. Yeah, and in, I mean, it is hard in certain respects. We don't necessarily have the expertise or oh, the machinery or whatever to do maybe a like a full like a fully automated brew kit or something like yeah. that. At this stage, I'm not saying we can't do that um, in the future. We've certainly got some expertise, and that's the thing. It'll be more expensive. Mm. But the thing with um, Brick Lane's tanks that they're getting to my Furphy, they were like, "Look, we've got to the point where they were so large; these things are massive that we, if we had to freight them over, it would cost us so much money, and it would take." loads of time why don't we just get and it done? shipping is ridiculous exactly. at the moment exactly. so yeah so um so why don't we just get it done down the road we can go like site test it we can go we can literally physically go and look at it and check it and all that kind of stuff instead of like looking on a, on a did Zoom he say whether whatever. he would have got them if there hadn't been those issues would he bought them locally he he did imply that because it while the the time um to get the 
time to get things at the minute is a nightmare. The cost would still be the same. The cost to freight them over would mm. be a nightmare. Um, so I'm pretty sure he would have probably gone the Furphy angle. And they've done Furphy before. They've gone with Furphy before. So it's a really interesting angle. And actually, I might try and get in touch with Furphy and um, see if that's a route that they want to go down um, in future. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, it was just an interesting sort of update chat on where that expansion project is going and the issues that they have to deal with um, when getting these tanks in and everything. So yeah, g- good on them. Bloody good. Bloody good show there, Rick Lane. Well done. Yeah, and, and also obviously their expansion. You know, we're seeing a lot of expansion at the mm. moment, and I guess, you know, one of the trends that we're seeing nationally, or we've talked about, um, you know, the slightly lowering of ranging at things at, at BWS, and not only are we seeing a lot of the small regional breweries, you know, build um, expanded breweries, we're seeing the big breweries, <laughs> and, and you know, and when a a, a brewery like uh, um, Brick Lane, you know, triples capacity, or a Stone and Wood triples capacity. I think Stone and Wood's making 16, 17 million litres a year. They're talking about building a 40 million litre brewery. Um, Brick Lane's tripling capacity, you know, from what, eight? Eight million, yep. Yep, so just over 20. That's a lot of small breweries' capacity that they're expanding by in one brewery. Um, you know, so the, the number of, when, when you look at a large brewery in the Indies, is over 300,000 litres from memory. Um, which isn't a lot of beer, that when these guys are expanding by 20 million litres, mm. is that coming from growth of new, you know, taking beer away, you know, beer sales away from big brewers, you know, the, the, the multinational breweries or bringing new people to beer? Or is that just people, you know, that, that, that initial passion for trying zany beers? You know, I, I don't know. But mm. it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's certainly a decision that if I was a very small brewery owner thinking, hmm, I might double my brewery size you know to, sort of, uh, <laughs> to keep up <laughs> how much longer do we have growth um you know that yeah. level of growth I, I, and, and i don't know but we'd love to hear your thoughts dear listener uh, and it seems naughty uh to speak about this now because at the moment it's embargo but by the time this is out it won't be um but speaking about people wanting to double well not double their brewery's capacity but double the number of breweries that they own <laughs> <laughs> a new a new brewery to open where, whereabouts is so uh, East Brunswick East Village? East we Brunswick actually Brunswick ran an ad <laughs> just yeah. to, just to promote uh, Brews News. Anyone who's <laughs> listening that might want to uh, get your message out, um, we ran a you know we, we we're starting to run ads for developers who you know have got a residential development and breweries are seen as an anchor tenant. You know they're they're seen as a very important part of street amenity. So yeah, it was about twelve months ago we ran a an ad for East Brunswick Village. They were looking to attract a brewery, and um, apparently we were a bit of tinder um <laughs> yes exactly and the brewery that swiped Some right on our it. ad um was uh bridge road brewers Indeed. um and joe don't put this out until after four today because it's embargo <laughs> in till then. Yeah. <laughs> um, i talked to ben kraus lovely ben kraus um and he was like yeah i've already got an email so somebody's definitely mentioned it to somebody else um okay. not out it's not publicly out but i think that got leaked a little bit earlier um but we'll see uh but either way the news is coming out this afternoon um bridge road brewers signed up to a 350 seat brewery and dining hall at this east brunswick village it's like a big development um i believe there's residential there's lots of shops they want to do local um butchers and things like that it's very much a uh, 
from what I know of it, um, from what we ran last year and from what Ben was saying, that it's very much focused on local produce and um, just creating a community in an area like that. And it's an interesting one as well because um, Ben was like, I very much don't want this to be like a token brewpub, but I don't want a, just a t- little token kit in the corner, um, barely doing like one limited a month or something they've got a 10 hectolitre brew kit in there um they've got tanks they've it, it's going to be like a proper like ancillary production brewery to Beechworth as well so um that was quite interesting in itself I do think that I always think of Bridge Road though as like kind of like an earthy regional brewery you know organic grassroots type thing and then to go into a development is a really interesting move on their part I oh, look. I'm fascinated by this. Yeah, that of all, of all of the breweries who are expanding, you know, like you, you half expect Blistic Melbourne kind of thing. Yeah. You know, Blistic's got four um, venues up here, and um, you know, expansion plans and Bridge Road. But you know, Ben's one of these guys who, or one of these, you know, brewery owners that has really lived his principles. Um, you know, and, and is, is, has, talks about what he values and lives those Third or values. Fourth episode we ever did of, of Brews News, Matt. Yeah, was, uh, Ben and Adam Trip Smith and. Um, who else did we speak to? It was, only, it was only Ben and Adam, and it was talking about oh, well, uh, yeah. you know provenance and provenance. labeling and things like. It was one like it, it, you know I, I would love to have one of those conversations every week, um, but it was just two people who were really willing to discuss openly, you know that that idea of provenance and uh, stuff like that. So you know go back and have a listen to that, but. Yeah, and uh, so it was a surprise, but again, it'll be a fascinating case study to see how a you know regional Victorian brewery um, goes. Mm-hmm moving to the Metropolitan and how they transplant that brand and whether they have to adapt it or whether they can live the same brand and whether it'll change the brand. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, very exciting news um, yeah. for lovers. Of- is this, this is just to clarify and for some of our listeners where there may be a little bit of confusion because three or four weeks ago we spoke about a new planned development in Abbotsford slash Collingwood. This is, this is not the same one, is it? No, different no. one. Different one, yeah. yeah. Yep, that's it. Because that would have been almost ideal. Because, like, if you're in on the Richmond side of the uh, of the street, then you're close to um, Bridge Road in Richmond, and so that's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think that. Yeah. that's crazy. And I wonder whether so presumably it'll it'll be Bridge Road Brewers, not Bridge Road Brewers Beechworth in East Brunswick Village. Yeah. I wonder whether oh Bridge Road, yeah, yeah, like people will see that as as um, a Melbourne icon. Mm, it'd be interesting and and this is exactly it and the other side of it as well is that we were saying the other day isn't it interesting that the developer instead of going for you know a big box pub type like a four pines that could go into a pub yep easily they've they already know the deal like they've done loads of pubs like that before or doing a start getting a startup in and therefore being able to mold them to the development however that turns out but actually they've gone for a very well-established brand who knows what they're doing, who's got credentials in hospitality, been around for 16 years. It's a really interesting move from the developer's part as well. They could have gone a much easier route than a brand like that. I wonder whether we can speak to the developer and find Ooh. out. Just, you know, like he's, he's going to keep some of his cards fairly close to his chest, I'm sure, but find out a little bit about it and find out whether there were, you know, as you say, Four Pines or, a, you know, a, a Charming Squire mm. um, type venue that wanted to go in and whether he deliberately chose a small you know small independent because of the vibe of the thing um, that'd be an interesting yeah well, four, four pines and shout out to henry tier who i met um at the arbas this year who's the brewer for four pines out at their um uh welcome to thornbury thornbury yep 
I wonder whether that venue is maybe too too close to to this one. So, which they, might have been made it attractive for a line, um, mm. you know, because lines activating. Yeah. So yeah. No, anyway, it's just a, a note to follow up. Speaking of expansion, uh, Dayton Clare is moving to the next phase. Indeed. Discussed. So um, Dayton, they. Planned an expansion. We talked about it, gosh, February, somewhere like that. But actually, they've upped their game a little bit. So they were looking at 35 heck, and now they've gone for a 40 heck. Um, But what was really interesting to me about this one is that um, they've also decided to bring in some independent advisors and directors and things like that. Um, I think that's a really interesting move from a brewery like Dainton. Um, They realise that there's issues and not problems but there's challenges that they have to face and one of them is obviously surpassing this like magical one million mark that seems to be where people get really um they get a bit stuck and they're like how do we grow from here like how do we move forward you're going to need a massive amount of investment if you're going to jump up further and make that like a balanced move um but that and that's exactly what Dan Dainton said to me he was like look you know my dad and I we we aren't quite sure what to do and the best thing at this point we think is to bring someone in who's done that before who's or a group of people that are doing that and have done that before know how it's done um can give us some good solid advice having already experienced this kind of um sort of crossroads really you could stay as you are you could um retreat a little bit you could go into contract brewing you could do anything at that stage and um it's just really interesting to see that you know we we've talked on the podcast before about businesses professionalizing and things like that and I think this is getting to the point where like a a couple of guys who started out home brewing and then they've grown their business, they've grown their business and now they're like, this is getting a little bit beyond our expertise and that can only help the industry if we're bringing in that kind of expertise that we don't already have. Um, so good on them for, for realising that. I think that's a really important thing to do and really important thing uh, for growth and to make it sustainable growth as well. Like You can grow fast, um, but you might then fall over later on because you've made a bad move a couple of years ago that you can't rectify that you can't change um so good on them um and congrats dan and uh, kevin well done um they're getting the brewing in the next two weeks so they're hoping to be able to um, brew on that pretty soon um so we'll hopefully be seeing more of dainton and the other thing as well on that one was that they're back in cole's um owned bottle shops so i believe they got delisted just because they changed their distribution model and um, there was a lot of stuff going on they weren't sure they had the capacity at that point so now they know that they do Um, that's another really important point about an expanding brewery is that if you want to be in bottle shops you need to prove to the retailer that you can have that capacity for the foreseeable future there needs to be no question mark about whether you can supply them Um, so that's another thing that's sort of helping them future proof the business as well so uh, yeah good on them yeah, and uh, a couple of uh, brewing cooperatives, creating radical communities. Mm. And this is another interesting one, and I spent a little bit of time on this one because I thought the model was really interesting. Hops is in New South Wales and Rock and Ranges in the Macedon Ranges. Obviously, they've been around for a little while now, and hopsters is actually thinking about getting its own brewery now so they're going through the licensing um and things like that to get their own brew kit so that was kind of the little bit of a news angle from from them but what i was really interested in is that we've seen so many uh equity crowdfunding campaigns they're all talking about creating communities and creating like um almost like families and people i've had people say to me before you know like our investors are like family and stuff like that Sometimes I believe them, sometimes I don't. Um, But when it comes to an actual cooperative, 
It absolutely bloody is. And it's really, really interesting to see the different types. They're inbuilt in cooperatives to have a certain, some certain values. Like the business, like Bruce News, we could say we're about sustainability, we're about um, fairness, blah, 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 whatever we've decided our values are. Um, but this uh, set of values is actually inbuilt in a cooperative so internationally they've decided in I think 1995 that these were going to be their values and anybody that decides to be a cooperative has to have these values and I think that was really interesting it was all stuff about like making sure that your um, members that invest are active members they have to contribute either in time or money to the cause um, every single year and I think that that's the sustainability of a cooperative model is that you get that kind of people and they are a true community and that they are all going for that one cause and that they have all got skin in the game. Um, but at the same time, um, I believe, uh, for, for instance, Rock and Rangers, they're all volunteer based. So they didn't get any support during COVID. But, you know, uh, Luke, uh, the board member there who I spoke to, he was like, look, we, none of this. We, we don't need this for our livelihood. We all have our own jobs. So it does it makes sense that, you know, businesses where they have employees that rely on that as for their livelihood to feed their families, they get that kind of help first. And I thought that was a really interesting way of looking at it as well because, um, you know, they and that's just for me epitomizes the uh, cooperative sort of model you know they're not there it's so altruistic and that's why I called them radical because me and Matt were talking about that and, and Matt was like but they don't make any like they don't get any profits back like they don't get any dividends like no no they just do it because they like doing it and that was it was really really interesting it felt so pure such a pure community um I was very much into it so yeah I'm clearly raving about it now but it was a very interesting one so go check it out if you haven't had read of that one back in 2017 there was a Melbourne uh, cooperative that tried to get up and running uh mm. called 888 um and we wrote an article about it um and you know, Renata uh, Ferulio, uh, who was a co-founder of Temple, was one of the people. David Park, who has oh. written on the uh, website previously, mm-hmm. um, who was involved in the very, very early days of Cascade First Harvest. Um, in fact, he was on the marketing team or the PR team that came up with the, the idea from memory. So, yeah, look, it's an idea that obviously people have been kicking around, but congratulations. to the, I, I, Again, another article that I found fascinating to, to, to read. Yeah, yeah, it was an, it's an interesting one. But God, just think about all the work they have to put in. And as volunteers, paid, yeah, yeah. as volunteers, they're not getting paid for it. They're just doing it because they love beer. Think about golf. So pure. You know, it's, <laughs> if, if, if it's your recreation mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah, it, it's much less frustrating than chasing a ball around, at least the way <laughs> I play. Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> or fishing and not catching any fish. That's you know, it. Oh, so for Having sure. an expensive boat. That's it. That at least you know you're going to get beer at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, I was lucky enough to be invited up to uh, Woodend a few years ago, which used to be a while ago now, uh, and did a bit of a beer event, a bit of a tasting and a a meet and greet and catch up uh, with what has ended up becoming Rock and Rangers uh, Brewing. And you could see there that it was very much uh, grassroots. It's really funny looking back, uh, or not funny, it's it's really pleasing looking back because I know, uh, you know, plenty of people met at that, and I assume they're, they're now all part of the the co-op but you could see there that it was very grassroots but it was very genuine so mm. they, they they weren't in it to um you know become the next cub they weren't trying to be beer barons or moguls you know they were just going this is this is great for our community mm-hmm. uh and, and and it's great to see it sort of have come along 
Since then, uh, anyone who's been to Gabs and knows uh, has experienced the uh, the joy that is the Ale Capones will know that the uh, the drummer Cole Cameron um, is behind Rock and Rangers, so he's he's one of the the key drivers. And when you've got somebody with that sort of uh, passion, drive, um, enthusiasm, and and genuine um, likability. Uh, it, it's very. You can see why it, it's become as as popular it is as it as it has. Couple that with COVID, and there's a real importance. It it, it really makes sense that you know they've been able to I guess stick together mm-hmm. because they've been effectively in isolation from isolation. So. Uh, you know, they, they were kind of cut off when there were no cases and all that sort of thing. And obviously they've had the storms and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think uh, some other things that I, be, I was working with them on was uh, trying to get some training for, because um, everyone's got a chainsaw out there because everyone's got trees that fall down. <laughs> but there's a lot of, oh, yeah, no, it's all right. I, I wear my safety thongs and, you know, <laughs> I, I wear my cap around the front instead of backwards, you know, to protect yeah. my eyes from splinters. <laughs> like if you guys want to, you know, like get a bit of training and that sort of thing. So the, the, it's it's broader than just the beer, but obviously the beer has has become that community focus, which is mm-hmm. which is really good. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether they're packaging yet. I know they had some um, the, their first runs of, of kegs were being uh, poured at uh, I think it's the Victoria Hotel in Woodend, uh, local venue there that's that's supporting them, which is which is great to see. If they ever got to packaging. Um, I don't know. Would they, would they go shrink sleeve? Do you think, or would they go with labels? Or ooh, toss up. Not sure. Yeah. Well, Cole, if you're listening, if you want some advice, um, I know they're not quite local to you, so it might not fit in with the whole sustainability model. But Rowling's label stickers and packaging are able to not just supply labels for your cans or bottles if you choose to do bottles, but they can also supply printed and blank cartons. They can do can trays, tap decals, barcodes, shrink sleeves. Um, already applied to empty beer cans, ready for filling. Um, the cans come to your door palletised, ready to fill, nothing more to do, except do this. Pick up your phone and press the numbers that I'm going to read out now in the order that I read them out. one three zero zero eight five two two three five, And uh, the guys up there will look after you. Beautiful. And Claire, our last story, uh, Brewing Industry Diversity Survey launched. Indeed. So... This is a nice one because obviously a few weeks ago we had um, the US sexism in the industry issues. We had all that come out and um, I spoke to Kylie, Sabrina and Tiff um, on the podcast about it. It What was interesting that for me was that there was kind of a bit of uncertainty about the size and nature of the problem in Australia. So this is um, this new survey that's been launched by Beer Agents for Change, um, which is an organisation that started specifically um, from that, to have a look into what we can do um, as an industry to counteract this, make it a bit more of an inclusive workplace um, and industry uh, on the whole. So Beer Agents for Change have launched this survey um, just to get an idea of the extent of the issue and where areas, uh, what areas in the industry we can have a look at to um, change, to fix, to um, maybe report, I assume they'll, they'll report back to the IBA and, and get some guidelines and things going on on that one. Um, but we'll we'll follow that and see how it goes because um, that'll be really interesting to see. Um, as we said, we weren't sure of the extent of the problem. So this is going to give us an idea of um, how to, how we can quantify that and what issues we can tackle. Um, so I'll we'll get that in the show notes, uh, a link to that survey, and then everybody get involved and, and let us know what you think. Or should I say let Bear Agents for Change know what you think? 
Done. Uh, any other late-breaking news? Uh, just a, an email that's come in while we've been waiting. It's something that we've been discussing, monitoring closely, as has uh, the IBA. Um, there's just been a communication from the IBA. Just a short note to let you know that we are closely monitoring the recent lockdown measures and border restrictions across the country and developing contingency plans for Brucon and the Indies Awards Ceremony. We're also aware of media reports regarding the Novotel Twin Waters being used as a quarantine facility bubble and are working with the venue to better understand that situation. Um, what is certain is the Indies judging is still going ahead as planned and all entrants should still get their beers ready for shipping soon. Um, obviously, you know, everything that's going on has uh, thrown a complete curveball to the IBA and our thoughts oh, you know, are going to them. Um, must be awful. With, uh, with how they go. So uh, everything's still up in the air, but... Um, if I was a betting man um, mm. with borders, oh, eight, well, actually, they've still yeah. got six weeks. So maybe if everyone can knock it on the head. Yeah, um, although I heard on the radio this morning that Sydney may still be in lockdown for another month. Oh, so God. anyway, Such yeah, a nightmare, isn't it? feel thinking of the the whole team and uh, what they're dealing with at the moment. So the, I, I guess the plan A is the, going back to regular indies judging, and uh, so as in all in one venue. But then I guess the plan B is there's still the opportunity to go back to the the individual hubs, the satellite hubs. Mm, yeah, and do it a bit virtually maybe like they did last year. I'm not sure. We're yeah. not sure. We don't know. Don't, don't We're want to spe- speculate. We're purely yeah. speculating yeah. right now. Yeah, and, and that's yeah, as Matt touched on, the issue is that you can't even second guess it. You've, you've just got to wait until announcements are made or restrictions are lifted before you can then say, Okay, now how does the timing go? Have That's we still it. got time to get everyone there? Is everyone comfortable to go? And- but then people have got to make plans. Like uh, we, we've booked our accommodation for Brucon to take the team up, um, and I'm thinking, well, you know, God, how I'll, I've got to go and check what my cancellation window is for that. Um, you know. Just in case. Just yeah. in case, because it's a lot of money. Um, and that's only for us, and we're only down the road. <laughs> we might just relocate to the Sunshine Coast, because we, we, yeah. we can get there. Um, you know, like we, 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 right. we took a four-bedroom place. Oh, for, for, don't for the say team. that, though. Don't say that, because we can get there now. Who knows what it'll look like in six weeks? We could be locked down well, again. There was a room there for you, Pete, and everything. Oh. Yeah, well, there we go. Anyway, that takes us out. Thanks very much, Matt. Thanks very much, Claire. That's our news. Stick around, though, if you want to delve a little bit deeper, uh, past the elbow, um, into what we call Below the Fold. And we'll start with Mailbag. Mailbag is thanks to New Zealand Ale Trail. Head to www.nzaletrail.com or at nzaletrail on all the social media to find the best beer experiences in New South in New Zealand, and we do we do thank them very much for their support of the mailbag. Uh, don't forget, you can also review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Send us in an email, leave a comment on the Facebook group, um, and we'll send out um, some nice merch. Thanks to Thirsty Merchants. You can also join our Facebook group. Just search Radio Brews News and use the password Soapbox. Uh, Matt, you were going to say, you've got a late-breaking email? Oh, you know, I just uh, had a phone call from uh, Brad at Rallings um, yesterday, you know, just having a general chat about things. But he did say that uh, um, he is a big fan of uh, Zero Elk beers. You know, he oh. uh, had been to lunch, had a couple – he'd been to, uh, like, a work lunch he would normally have beers at but wanted to be fresh so he could still have his beers and go back to work um, as well. Interesting. Um, so, yeah. That's making a good point. I wonder whether Brad would have felt the same if he'd had, oh, look, I'll, I'll have one, I'll have one regular beer and then I'll go to non-elk. 
it, it, I think it's a different experience. I think yep. if you if you're sticking with apples or oranges, I think it works. I think it's you know um, maybe mixing them doesn't have the the same experience because I think I I find first beer of the day, and I've said it a hundred times before, but you know if it's uh, I've been working out in the shed or whatever in the garden and it's hot and you come in and that first beer it, because you get that. Um, that cleansing of your soul, that mm. that sort of nourishing of, of your being, because it's it's got that malted uh, barley backbone, mm-hmm. uh, and you don't necessarily miss the alcohol as much. But if you you know uh, knock down a, a beautiful, yeah, say I don't know, just pull one out of the top of my head, uh, a Professor's Pilsner, um, <laughs> made in collaboration with Bad Shepherd Brewing, still available um, and drinking beautifully at the moment. Um, <laughs> if you have that first, that does all those same things, plus it gives you that just that mild buzz. If you then go, all right, that's enough for now, I'll go to back to the non-elk, it just, you... you you're highlighting the differences. You're highlighting the that 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 missing element. Oh, maybe. But I, 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 it's missing for me in the first one. And uh, you know, like I also get a little bit of the nocebo effect. You know, when you have something like the the taste of beer, and you start getting whether the body is you know the Pavlovian response of you start salivating when you hear a bell. Um, yeah. I have a beer and I just sort of start relaxing. Mm-hmm. So like it serves that purpose. But you know, I, I, I'm not driving anywhere, but I still you know. Have it, have that feeling I've had after a first beer where I'm much less able to focus mm. and, uh, and 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 concentrate just because it's signalling to me that this is relaxation time. Yeah. And uh, but again, it's a generational thing. People that don't have that. Um, I will say though that I was at a a lunch on Sunday for um, Good Food Month in Brisbane, the the, the Fairfax sponsored thing, as a, a young chef's dinner, hundred people in a room, all enjoying meals and one of the sponsors was heaps normal and the other was dan murphy's um and in addition to um wine you know wines from line and um uh, different um sponsors and they made a cocktail you, you, you sort of sat down it was like a fruit punch thing um some people drank that when they sat down but there were a lot of half finished glasses once people realized that it was because it had a little acrylic thing on saying zero alcohol so i think people sipped it um but then at the end of the lunch, they brought out uh, espresso martinis that were no alcohol. Um, and it was, <laughs> Just you know, espresso. It was basically an iced coffee, like an iced black an iced coffee. coffee. in a martini glass. With, yeah. with, with, with a little bit of an egg flip on top, you know, so it had like a vanilla thing on top. People sniffed at it. They drank it, curi- you know, they tasted it curiously. And I kid you not, there were 99 completely full espresso martinis um, and well, everyone was chugging away in their white. Now, admittedly, it was an older demographic. It was people who had paid money to go to an event. Um, mind you, it was a young chef's event. It wasn't a, a, a matched wine tasting. Um, and people on a Sunday afternoon were drinking. So, And, and Heaps Normal was the, the beer sponsor. The waiters stopped even putting it on their tray. Looking, you know, for for that in the wild mm. consumption, um, there was a uh, you know like a cluster of cans left on the. You know, when you go to a function and they walk around, they've got two glasses of red, two glasses of white, you know, a, a beer and then a something, you know, and then a mm. soda water, and the yeah, waiters so walking around the tray, so you can choose. Yeah. Waiters were just walking back with cans of beer being the only thing left on their on their tray mm. so there was a cluster of returned open cans sitting oh, on the bar that's so none on the on the tables that I could see and I obviously was looking um, so again look I, I don't know what that says you know Brad um, from Rallings 
Um, God, they're getting their value out of you know, running. Yeah, so like, what's that number again, Pete? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, loves them, and you know, he's he's an older demographic. You know, uh, beer drinker, but then an in the wild experience, zero take up. So that who is knows? Interesting. I found them useful in our line of work on account of, um, for instance. When I went to Stone and Wood, Brisbane for their Pink Boots Brew Day, yep. there was like a lot. Uh, there was their East Point, which was great, and I really liked that. But then after a few, I'm not sure because it's not my usual level of alcohol. So I wasn't quite sure. And, and I was you're like, a now drinker. I could be. Yeah, well, yeah. Most times. <laughs> <So>, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Most often, yeah. yes. Oh no, but every and time we've gone out, you've got the smaller yeah. size glass, the yeah. lower alcohol beers, yeah. um, and things like that. That's but, uh, true. Well, there's some heaps normal left over there because well, I, I don't know how I got tagged, um, but somebody at this lunch, because yeah. um, I don't think I don't know if anyone from Heaps Normal who was a sponsor was there, mm. but they made sure that a four pack was sent to because I was I wasn't there as an official guest. I was just there with somebody who was there, oh, um, okay. and but suddenly oh, they, they, they wanted you to have a four pack of Heaps Normal. I'm going. Oh, had so I've tried one. Very I did weird. it. Was it all right? It was fine. Had a bit of a like yeah, just some sort of aftertaste um, mm. that I didn't really resonate. Like, but again, like it was perfectly fine. Mm. But then my thinking is, okay, if I want a beer, I'll have a beer. If I don't, I'll have something that yeah um, doesn't take away from my calorie budget for for the week. So I don't yeah. You know. mm. Interesting. But that, that, again, that's me. So, um, mind you, just in the news coming through on my email now, Athletic Brewing secures plans for a 150,000 barrel brewery in Connecticut. So, Athletic Brewing is one of the pioneers of, you know, the big zero alk beers. Um, mm. So, quickly throwing 150,000 barrels um, at 117 liters per barrel. That's a 17 million liter brew house that they're building. Wow. So that's about the size of Stone. That Wood. is putting a lot of money behind this. And again, that's the size of stone and wood. Yeah, but it's in America. It's slightly different, I suppose. Mm. Um, but interesting. Okay, well, we'll keep an eye. We'll keep Alcohol-free an eye. beer, ticket on your bingo cards. Mm. Yeah, speaking <laughs> of beer and talking, uh, an email from <laughs> Mitch, Claire. Uh, indeed. So, Mitch. Oh, Mitch is a, a new listener. Um, I've just discovered your podcast, and I'm really appreciating your factual and knowledgeable approach to presenting the show. We've got him fooled. Uh, <laughs> wait till he gets sure a few more episodes in. Someone else. <laughs> uh, especially the recent episode on batch brewing equity crowdfunding, which I participated in to purchase my first ever shares to tick off two goals. Share owner and co-owner of a brewery. <laughs> See, it's just the it's just a prestige. Very legitimate reason yeah, to uh, overpay for your investment. Uh, <laughs> well, as long as he's not bothered about dividends and stuff, then pff, what is he going to do? Um, while excited by the idea of a radio brews news bottle opener, I knew I had to earn it. So I got thinking about what to write about and landed on my hometown brewery, Tumut River Brewing Company. To give you some background, he's got an Instagram page, um, at get underscore beard, B-E-E-R-D, um, and recently did a bit of brewery feature on the biz. While I enjoyed the biz, they didn't quite have the flavour punch you get from metropolitan breweries that really push the limits and create all kinds of maniacal creations. I'm looking at you double vanilla <laughs> custard, thick shake imperial nitro PA. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm a big fan of the one drop, um, but with a wider market and more experienced and willing craft drinkers, is there any limit to what the metro producers can brew and sell? And are small town breweries who are trying to steal market share directly from the big guys limited in what they can produce due to the local market? They might be able to produce an absolute hot bomb of a West Coast IPA, but can they risk their Carlton converts turn up their nose at that batch or the craft market as a whole? 
Now, what a lots contribution. Of, what a lots contribution. Of interesting stuff you know, in there. He certainly earned his bottle opener. I you might could, even see if we can dig into the prize cupboard. Uh, see what else we can dig out. For, for a little bit more. <laughs> How about a four? Four pack of heaps normal. <laughs> Three pack. <laughs> Cruel, because he's had one. <laughs> um, well, actually, I could do that. Um, but yeah, no, really, really good point. And it was something I wanted to talk about. Um, so it's a nice segue into that because he nails the issue. At the moment, um, I posted an ABC story that quoted um, Peter Philp um, from Wayward um, as in his role as uh, chair of the IBA. And it was a theme that he talked a little bit about when we talked about the excise um, you know, uh, concessions that the federal government made that, you know, they were pushing that this is a great way to get breweries into country towns and every town should have its own brewery. And I know that he's spoken recently on ABC. In fact, it might have been that article, you know, every country town should have a brewery. Um, and the subtext to that was, you know, there are some places that are becoming quite concentrated um, with where their breweries are. And, you know, in his own backyard of Wayward is one of those places. You know, the Sydney's inner west is very dense um, with breweries. And I think this concept of gravity that I often talk about, you know, it's not weightless. Um, Just because, you know, you want to build a brewery, you can't just go out to Thargaminda and or you know Longreach and put in a brewery and exercise the creative bent that you know leads a lot of people into brewing. They want to be creative. They see these amazing beers. They were inspired by West Coast IPAs. They want to make those beers themselves because if you are out at Longreach, you're competing against Great Northern. The tastes are Great Northern. They're gradually getting out there, but I've done a lot of you know regional tastings um, because people that have come to Brisbane, um, you know, a lot of the ag um, associations and things they come. To, oh, would you come out to Roma? We've got a dinner at the sale yards. Would you come out and do this? Absolutely, I'll come out and do it. You go out there, and the people that are there don't want to try the you know double IPA that you've taken out. They want something that you know only just pushes the boat out a little bit so it's a lager or something like that and even the sales reps some of the events they've got sponsorship from you know a a lion and you're working with you know you know that some of the beers that lion has in its portfolio that you could have access to are amazing and have that ability to even trigger you know one person to change their views about beer but the rep doesn't want to do it because he knows that it's too hard. You know, he can sell, um, uh, you know, James Squire's Golden Ale, or he can sell uh, Iron Jack, but there's no point getting these beers because it's not. You know, he so even the sales rep who's incentivized by his hitting his sales targets doesn't want to push beers that don't move his dial. He wants to push. You know, I, I think we've said it before, Pete. The uh, you know, you pull the oar that moves the boat. If you're um, bonus is on moving more units of iron jack that's the beer you want to push you don't want to educate and you can't just go go to it go open a brewery in the country because your beer is going to be more expensive you don't have a built-in audience a lot of the people that are planning breweries want to go to those places where there is a you know a, a, they figure that there's a ready fitted audience for the beers and if they could come up with a concept that targets that concept so um you know it's a really great message. We do want breweries um, out, you know, tourism, all of these things that are the are the sales pitch for it. But um, Mitch has really hit the nail on the head. Your competition is the mainstream beers, who will do it cheaper. They'll they'll you know 
likely the sales rep will target you with the beers or or whatever, and you just don't have the audience mm-hmm. to to achieve your vision. Yeah. So you aren't. And he is right about the types of beers as well, because if you're in a inner city brewery with loads of other breweries around, the chances are there's going to be enough craft beer fans who like those weird and wonderful mm. beers to attract them, to have them in. If you have one guy out in the middle of nowhere that loves a good yep. wild one, um, a nitro milkshake IPA, then you've only got an audience of one as opposed to a whole group of people that could potentially have access to your brew through public transport, blah, 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 which obviously you don't have out there. So it does limit the biz that they can or should be making for their audience. Um, Not saying that they can't educate their audience and say, you know, after if we've done a pale ale and a lager and stuff, then later on we might branch out and do other things. Mm. Um, Because there is a, especially when you're in a community atmosphere like that, educating people is, easier because you see them more regularly and you they'll they're already being they're already engaged in what you do because you're local and you're theirs and there's that that kinship going on as well but it is that's a really interesting point and yeah thanks Mitch yeah and and I I told him that there'd be a great discussion about it Mm. but you know just sort of back to that you know that that audience um I can't remember and I wouldn't probably know it even if I did but I went out and did a tasting in a western Queensland town and it was a beef and beer so they had a barbecue and they sort of did barbecue in the car park of the of the pub and I brought some beers to match to it and they were educating um about beef as well and I thought this is beef country mm. you know they, they had a cow and they drew the you know those, oh, those yeah, plants yeah. on the side of the cow <laughs> they chalked so you know it was about educating where the cuts of beef were and I thought well this is beef country and they said we don't even have our own butcher here because you know when the big supermarket oh, opened up yeah people went there and you've got your polystyrene pre-wrapped mm. rump steak or whatever you don't have the butcher and I'm going well are you kidding like so regional Queensland bangs a drum about supporting local and things like that and they couldn't even keep their butcher afloat <laughs> in beef country well, it's they, they send it to bloody Europe or America as well, That's well <laughs> and, and you know you don't have a um, and, and, and that's mm. the thing there, there are these supply chains but if in beef country you can't support your local butcher because convenience and price went out over local and loving for one of the, you know, that mm. sort of local, you know, loving butcher. Um, what hope have you got, you know, when it comes to a product that you're not emotionally invested in except mm. as a Forex brand? Um, so, it's, it, it, look, it's, it's a big conversation um, and it is one of the things that is the, 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 the friction yep. preventing um, just lobbing into a country town. Oh, yeah, look at this country town. You know, mm-hmm. there'd be a bit of money yeah, in here it. because of all of the, yeah, you know, the um, investment. You know, mm-hmm. the, they've got gas fields. I've got, you know, whatever it is close. Yeah, whatever yeah. It is close, and no brewery. I'm going to open a brewery here. Um, I did find some interesting uh, statistics. I've been looking um, into stuff for our Dry July piece um, from the Australian Institute of Health and Wellness, though, that said that while people in urban areas are drinking less, people in regional areas are drinking the same. So mm. I don't know whether that will impact in future. If those trends continue, does that mean that the pool of people in cities that are drinking X amount is smaller and that potentially we could get some market share from um, regional cities? I don't know. Well, I, I, I follow uh, um, a lady, uh, Shan, who's an ambassador for you know, not drinking in, 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 in the country. And um, she's building you know what we've seen in, in, in not having a go it or anything like that because she's a very um, powerful advocate for mindful drinking which mm-hmm. we all should be yeah um, but you know her thing is raising awareness of drinking in the country so I, I guess like any metropolitan 
trend, it does, you know, we do see it reaching out into mm. regional areas and when you've got advocates and, amb- and, and ambassadors. Um, so could, when it's already a hard sell because of lower population base, you know, yep. things like that, if people do start drinking less out there, which hopefully they're drinking healthfully, um, uh, yeah, it's a, it, 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 it's a hard message. But I might have to have a look into that, regional versus cities and what breweries think about the style issue and whether people are drinking more and all that kind of mm. stuff. Well, this is turning into an editorial meeting, isn't, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. This is this is what we this is what we discuss over coffee in the Bruce News offices, uh, people. But uh, yeah, and and, and so jet back back to um, the IBA. You know, mm. They've got a really interesting job ahead of them. Um, a, a, as I said in the Bruce News, and it was no hint of criticism, but on one hand. They need to be out there talking about the health of the industry and encouraging breweries to open and, you know, because mm-hmm. it's the health of their industry mm-hmm. and supporting, you know, prospective brewers. But it was interesting to see that they also have this subtext, but think about where you're doing it, which is a hard message to sell. Mm-hmm. Um and also, I guess they've also got to think about being a responsible industry body in that you, if there is this issue in regional areas – should you really be putting a brewery in there as well? Well, but then again, there's the double side of the message is having for City. You you don't want to encourage people to set up a business and fail mm. and in an overcrowded metropolitan area where people think that there's, yeah. you know, oh, well, there's, there's, chance, there's yeah. market, there's room for more breweries. Look how crowded these breweries are. But then you know, they've also got the challenge of, yeah, encourage them to go to regional areas where are you selling a dream that maybe... You know, it's it's hard work because if you're going out to the country areas, you're back where the mountain goats and the the, the pioneers were, where they had to not only create a brewery, they had to create a demand, mm-hmm. um, and that's a hard thing to do. Um, and you know, they're the ones that sold out. You know, or, you know not sold out, but you know, mm-hmm. sold the, the brewery, and you could tell that there was a little bit of fatigue um, creeping into that. Yeah, that's it. Mm, interesting. Oh, I could think of loads more on that one, but let's let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Claire, uh, oh, Daniel Reed. Indeed, Facebook. Daniel, um, a lovely regular contributor. Hello, Daniel. Um, Daniel I'm sure says, he's got a bar blade. He must have about 10. <laughs> Poor lad. He's probably got them up on his wall. I'll have to ask him. Um, Daniel says, I've been following Andrew Willsmore on Twitter. Um, obviously, Andrew Willsmore from the Alcohol Beverages Australia industry body. Um, on Twitter, ever since Fair came to my attention with their criticism of... Oh, How do you say that one? CSIRO. That's the Commonwealth Serum and Industrial Research Scientific and Industrial Research Organisation. They could make that less of a mouthful. From promoting alcohol. This week's beer as a conversation was indeed interesting. While the ABA has the occasional flimsy, biased argument, they're an advocacy group, I know. By and large, their own research and figures seem pretty solid. Um, it's pretty telling when they take the anti-alcohol campaigners head-on and are dismissed on the grounds they're funded by the industry with never an attempt to actually defend the shortcomings exposed in their research. Um, this, that's a somewhat unfortunate acronym for beer as a conversation. Um, yes, this is, and this is always really interesting. Um, they, We all know that the anti-alcohol lobby pick and choose whatever suits their agenda at the time. Um, and sometimes... The ABA can be accused of that, um, same as other industry bodies. You know, whatever suits you at the time, um, they'll they'll take it. Um, but having said uh, that, um, the ABA are always very responsive with us. They always have like 
they're up, they've got the finger on the pulse with lots of proper research from federal governments, from state governments. They just have more legitimacy in that kind of thing. But I guess we, like we have an inbuilt sympathy, like as a as a beer true, site. True, but true. Even even though I think that we are for an for a site, we take responsi- you know, our responsibility. Mm. And try Very to do seriously. the balanced yeah. thing as much as we can. Um, and there is a cynicism that FAIR will have because we give them uh, pasting, deservedly so. Deservedly so, so yes. Um, and, and that's the thing. But uh, again, uh, go back and um, listen to the conversation you haven't already with Andrew. Um, and if you look at the campaigns that, and it wasn't the alcohol beverages, you know, Australia that did, it was Drinkwise, um, of which they are you know, the contributors um, to it. But the most effective, I think, cultural changing, um, you know, national-wide campaigns around mindfulness in drinking and drinking awareness, and you know, not saying don't drink, but drink responsibility. You know, drink responsibility. Think about your children. Think about your health. Think about you know the way your friends view you. All of those things you can tick off, and they've done it in you know really powerful campaigns that resonate and have had an impact um, and they've landed so um, whereas fair it just says Mm -hmm. basically drink it and it'll kill you yeah and And the alcohol uh, alcohol industry evil they want little kids to drink alcohol and get wasted they're they're grooming children and and the the language that they use is very emotive shocking shocking and it does wind me up a little bit as well when fair goes oh yeah stuff like um it's too easy to get um alcohol delivered you know they're doing it in two hours and anybody can get it there's no restrictions blah 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 when bodies like retail drinks have been behind the scenes coming up with codes enforcing that lobbying the government to have these codes which are stricter it's like fair just ignores that and says oh everybody in the because it fits they're against their ABAC. They, oh. they, they criticize ABAC and when they, they use, use it, it. Yeah. Anyway. oh anyway. drives box on your uh, bingo cards everyone <laughs> thanks for that daniel you knew we'd wa- get wound up about that one um <laughs> but no good one um we've got a couple of extra things i don't know if you we've only really only, got time for only one. got a couple of minutes and and just before we do just so we don't run out of time um Will we all sing a big happy birthday to Chuck Hunt? 75 today? <gasps> oh my God, 75? No way. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Chuck Hunt. Oh, yes. wow. That's, that's amazing. So I, 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 I won't sing it because uh, last week when I said uh, hello, G-O-O-G-L-E, um, apparently people's Google device <laughs> started. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so maybe if I, I, I don't want to sing because <laughs> I have this power in my voice you do, um, you do. but anyway Sorry. happy birthday to chuck 50 years in the brewing industry we uh, noted wow. um a, a couple of weeks ago That's and crazy. it's it, tonight was meant to be the rescheduled celebration of his 50 years in the brewing industry um as he marked uh his 75th birthday but um I'm, I'm not sure if chuck still listens to the podcast he has been a listener in the past but uh yeah everyone raise a glass tonight or when you listen to this and uh you know milestone because uh Regardless of what you think of independence versus big, um, Chuck is one of the absolute heroes of the industry that mm. has made a lot of what the ind- indies do um, possible. Mm. Interesting. And speaking of Thank independence, <laughs> let's go for the Black Ops one because that was posted to the Facebook group and I thought that was really quite an interesting one. And kudos to Dan. Um, 
I'm going to tell him he needs a bit of an edit next time. Though, so <laughs> I can't get yeah. through to the end. <laughs> post it on, post it on Bruce News. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was very interesting um, take on staying independent, why you should, why people might not. Um, and very balanced and fair, really, because I don't think he really, he didn't critique strongly anyone that has decided to do that. Um, but there are lots of reasons why you wouldn't. We talk about it a lot, and to me it's becoming less and less of a thing now. Is that fair? I don't know. And I and, and I do ask. Like, I asked Dan Dainton for the Dainton story, like, does it matter? And, like, because obviously they're exporting, and I said, does it matter that you're local? Does it matter that you're independent? And he said, look, they're great, it's amazing, it's really good to have, like, if you're a little local brew pub. But for, for him, he said... Quality and consistency is more important than either of those two things. But Everything all, else is... They're, they're all strings in the golden mm, rope of your brand. Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. They're, they're all threads. Um, and, you know, I, I agree with you. I think independence does matter less these days. And not no criticism to anybody that has, um, for whatever reason, uh, sold because it's a legitimate thing. And, you know, businesses and individuals don't live forever. Um, so do it. But I think every brewery that has sold a... Independence Angel has lost its wings. You know the the, the 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 depth of passion for independence has been diminished a little bit as people you know invest emotionally in independence and in you know buying independence and the breweries that sell tend to be the more successful ones that have a wide appeal and people have invested emotionally in that brand as we do with beer and suddenly they sell then you're sort of starting to pick you know will i will i get passionate about this brewery that's independent or will they sell and, and and you sort of see it the amount of speculation about what brewery will be next and things like that people are invested in it so mm-hmm. yeah I do, no criticism it is the marketplace um someone wants to come out coming off of me 20 million dollars um for my, <laughs> we can't uh, say we wouldn't say no oh would god we? no <laughs> and if i keep saying this on the podcast maybe, maybe. somebody will i'm <laughs> Flying the flag. Come on, people. Take me up on it. You, you have certainly cleaned me out of bar blades. <laughs> That's all we have to offer. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd love to be a sellout. Oh, yeah, because then you'd just be on your in your nice, gorgeous Riverside house in Noosa, <laughs> just like relaxing, gotcha. kicking back, and you'd be like, I don't care about any of you people. <laughs> oh, with my fake tan and my white teeth. And my, You're going to uh, go all dressed all in linen. Oh, is that what the plan is? I can see myself I in, yeah, I can see myself in, in a fedora, you know, like what, a mm. Panama hat. Maybe get yourself a nice boat or something. A couple of little, couple of little yap dogs, yeah, yeah oh, sort of, uh, and a servant, manservant. <laughs> I can see this too well. <laughs> I'm really painting a beautiful picture of this. Um, <laughs> anyway, before we start to go completely off-piste, I think Pete, that. can you see that? <laughs> Yeah, I, I just went straight to the socks and sandals. Cause I think <laughs> you've, really got, Mate, you've seen me in a very got those. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, brilliant. And with that, um, it uh, leaves us nothing else to do but to thank Cryomalt, Relling's Label, Stickers and Packaging, and our friends at Thirsty Merchants and New Zealand Ale Trail for all their support uh, for this episode. Stay safe up there, guys. Catch thank you, you on the Pete. Uh, and wherever you're listening, if you're if you're in lockdown, support your local brewery, um, support your local bakery, or you know anyone else that you can your do local a butcher. Collect or yeah, uh, local, yeah butcher. local butcher would be a good one. I uh, it was a couple of weeks ago now when uh, we didn't get away, but we uh, managed to get a couple of nights away in Hillsville. Um, went to uh, my mate who uh, I worked with for many years at the the keg back in the old days, but more recently at the courthouse restaurant out in in Berwick. Um, he's now come back from 
Canada, re-emigrated or re-emigrated or whatever, he's back, uh, and Turn. living in Healesville, yeah, and uh, we went to his little uh, cafe bistro in Healesville, and we were struck by, it. It was, mate, the bacon, because um, we had breakfast and we had dinner as well, and uh, bake this bacon, he goes, yeah, the local butcher, you know, here, so on the way home, we went and spent a uh, hundred and a half, because um, <laughs> he, he smokes all his own stuff, so he, he'd actually got his own smokehouse, Stunning. I thought, could have got similar um, literally 10 steps away at the local, you know, uh, one of two large um, grocery chains yep. available yeah. and got a very crap. similar sort of thing and, and spent far less. But I tell you what, we're still talking about how good his bacon was. Mm. <laughs> and if, so, yeah, if, so if you don't buy it, it goes away. Like that's a, and, that's and yeah, like that, that's what I, put your my, money where my little sermon is. on the Mount last week um, about, you know, choose where you want what what matters to you um, and what you want to keep. Yeah, and and... Good to see too, I, I guess, as a part of that, um, apropos what we've been talking about, is that if the local businesses use the local businesses, so the local burger shop uses, you know, the local bistro, the local whatever uses mm. his stuff rather than, so, well, I can get it cheaper through PDF or, you know, I can, I, PFD foods, I can get it delivered, you know, by my, my regular, you know, it's nice to just be able to walk down and well, and it was funny while we were there having brunch uh, on our way back, uh, you know, the butcher in the butcher's son in, in his full, you know, apron and boots and all that sort of thing, uh, you know, does a delivery while we're there, you know, just wheels, the wheels, the trolley in and, you know, here's whatever, you know, yeah. uh, and, and, and just on the way out, Oh, by the way, next week I'm going to have some, blah, you know, and it was something, a one-off that, you know, we get every now and then. And so then Timo's automatically go, okay, well, I'll, I'll think of a menu item. So those sort of things, I think, yeah. you know, it, it just makes that that just makes those small communities. So exactly. Uh, do, do you remember last? Uh, did, did, or it was January last year when it was you know fill an esky or like take your esky um the, empty, the camp- esky. Uh, yeah. empty esky campaign. Um, don't wait for a bushfire to do that. You know, it, once lockdowns are done, when you're out tra- traveling around because we can't go out overseas, take an esky, fill it with uh, local produce. Um, and help communities, and then buy local when you're there. And actually, on that, just we, we very rarely do it. Um, I know that there's a plug for if you want to, you know, sling us five dollars a month or something. There is a link in the show notes that you can just sort of, uh, you know, become, uh, you know, a patron of the show or a supporter of the show. But if you're a brewery that's listening and you haven't got a paid subscription to, to Brews News, same thing for us. You know, um, if if you get value from the news that we give away for free. Um, we're not going to put anything behind a paywall because then we're not doing the service that uh, we think that we should be doing. But if you value the news, um, subscribe. Um, you know, help us, help keep us independent, and make that twenty million dollar offer that I'm yeah. hoping to get. What from um, murder? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, just a little subscription to Bruce News might at least let me buy some sandals. Um, maybe not <laughs> no the full socks. linen suit, but just the sandals. <laughs> And Prof's Beer of the Week, uh, opportunity still Ooh. available. Oh, well, we, sorry, I've never followed yeah, up on that. I don't think we could shoehorn another um, uh, advertiser. I, I, yeah, that's it. I, think I, I, don't, don't, want to, I don't want to make it. Um, we'll, we'll, I'll, I don't think we'll we could shoehorn another segment in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> thanks to Crimeal. Thanks to Rowling's Global Stickers and Packaging. Uh, thanks to the New Zealand Ale Trail and to Thirsty Merchants. Thank you, Matt, and thank you, Claire. Thank Cheers, you, Pete. Uh, I've been your host, Pete Mitchum. It's been a pleasure. Until next week, drink fresh, drink local. And eat local. Look after each other and yourselves, and wash your hands. And we're out, Matt. I've got an idea. For, <laughs> I've got an idea for a for a sponsorship. Oh God, no Matt's burden? five minutes no. of silence. You know. <laughs>
<laughs> you, you, what me and Pete talk no, and you don't yeah, yeah, say yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can sponsor Matt not com you know, or Matt's you know not you know not saying anything for ten minutes. Matt, Matt's block of silence. Mute Matt. Mute Matt. Mute Matt minutes. So you can buy you can buy as many minutes. Hey, yeah. You you Great say idea. how long you say how long you want Matt to have but to sort of sit on his hands and what's what's the penalty if Matt can't help himself and. <laughs> Oh, well, I have to kick in, yeah. Like I've oh, got you have to kick in, you have to match I've it. I've got to double it, so. Um. Brilliant. All right, well, thanks, guys. Thanks, Pete. Lovely to, no lovely to see you. Oh, oh no, yeah. it's all right. We're no, all you've got right. a boom. No, we'll no, get emails. Uh, Sponsor the boom. Those, Sponsor a special the boom. boom for those in lockdown, please. Oh, God. oh you don't guilt this, me this like that. This one goes out to yeah. all those the 11 and a half million Australians who are in lockdown at the moment, and go. Boom. And that boom was brought to you by, insert name here. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be brilliant? Oh, funny. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. 